Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's it up to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C Mac attack. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new episode of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, with my co-host, Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated. You can follow his work, uh, beat writer for the Carolina Panthers and the Charlotte Hornets, the Hornets in the fight of their lives, trying to uh, advance up in the Eastern Conference playoff standings right now in the NBA. Follow him at Callahan underscore on Twitter. You can follow me at Des underscore 3505 or at Tobacco Radio. Uh, A lot of stuff to get into, a lot of uh, rumors uh, out there regarding some Panther players. We'll get into that. Some uh, front office restructuring of contracts. We'll get into that as well. But right before we decided to record, uh, probably the biggest NFL news that you're going to hear up until the draft finally dropped. Aaron Rodgers uh, and the Green Bay Packers have to, have come to terms. Uh, and we'll talk about that in just a bit, too. And we'll lead off with that and the ramifications around the league and with the Panthers uh, at the quarterback position with Aaron Rodgers' new contract with the Pack with the Packers. But first, a word from Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, do want to give a shout out to uh, our new uh, fans and listeners that are starting to pick us up here over the past couple of weeks. We've seen our, our listening uh, numbers tick upwards, which is kind of crazy considering the season is over. Um, we want to say thanks to everyone that's found us on a, a variety of platforms, uh, including Spotify, as we give you the latest on the Panthers offseason and uh, NFL news. Um, Skyler, let's uh, let's just dig into this here. I'll give you the numbers here and then we can react to it. And then we'll kind of go through what this might mean, uh, the ripple effect through the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, Tuesday morning, signs a four-year, $200 million deal with the Green Bay Packers, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. It's $50 million per year. It makes Rodgers the highest-paid quarterback in the league. He'll make $5 million more per year than Kansas City star Pat Mahomes. Rodgers will receive, get this, $153 million in guaranteed money. It is an insane 76.5% of the entire deal. And just to give a comparison... Mahomes, when he signed his massive 10-year, $450 million deal and got $141 million guaranteed, that's just 31% of that total deal. Bills quarterback Josh, Josh Allen signed a $285 million deal with $150 million guaranteed, which was 52.6% of the deal and was the highest to that point. Rodgers guaranteed some. It's just one element of the deal that makes the contract unique. 
it's a hunt like again 153 million guaranteed the cap number goes down for the packers and the uh, franchise tag deadline is four o'clock today tuesday march the 8th and we imagine they're going to use it on wide receiver Devonte adams so in two swift swoops of uh the pen the packers look like they've locked up their two main issues that they had going into this offseason um skylar your initial thoughts here because it literally just came across our tvs right as we were getting ready to record that the Packers had got their man, Aaron Rodgers, but uh, at a huge cost. Um, your thoughts on this uh, insane deal that Aaron Rodgers has landed at the age of 38 years old? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Like I told you before we hopped on here, like $200 million, I, I wasn't too surprised by that. We all kind of knew that at some point Aaron Rodgers was going to get a lot of money. But it was the four years that really caught me by surprise. I just – it seemed like for someone who was contemplating retirement, and as Pat McAfee tweeted out, he he was the one actually broke the news because he's you know, so close to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, <laughs> said that he was legitimately considering retirement, and this has been a kind of a revolving topic for the last year and a half. For him to sign for four more years is like, wow! Like I just I I just don't know if I see him playing four more seasons. And what would you say he would be? Forty two years old. Yeah, at the end of this uh, four-year extension, he'd be 42. Um, yeah. I, I and he keeps himself in shape, and with the quarterback rules and the Brady rules that are in place, I mean, we just watched Tom Brady play to, what was he, 44, 45? And yeah. probably could have played longer if he really wanted to. Uh, it wasn't He wasn't driven out of the league due to injury or his body breaking down, and Rodgers kind of keeps himself uh, in the same type of shape. So, I mean – I think I, I don't know. I think the problem is we didn't know if he wanted more money or if he wanted to leave Green Bay or if he was just done with football altogether. Uh, and we talked about this as well. He never really said in hindsight what he wanted. Like everyone just assumed yeah. they knew what he wanted, but he never once really said other than wanting to have more of a say in some of the personnel decisions uh, with the front office, which I always thought was nuts because the quarterback shouldn't be demanding that he's involved with personnel decisions on any football team, uh, no matter who you are. But uh Rodgers apparently had this year to kind of patch that up and um it's it's a huge deal um so this locks in Aaron Rodgers for four years minimum with uh the Packers and I assume would he would finish his career with them my question to you Skylar what does this mean for Jordan Love what did, what did the Packers do with the uh the first round quarterback they selected what just three years ago four years ago yeah I mean it's obviously means he's going to be on the move right I mean I don't see him Waiting. Do I even need to ask? Yeah. <laughs> Do I need to bring it up? <laughs> Go ahead and bring it on up. The Carolina Panthers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you know about Jordan Love? Like, because uh, it's going to start happening. You're going to start get peppered with questions about Jordan Love to the uh, the Panthers, and uh, I, I don't remember really much of anything. Jordan Love. What do you know about Jordan Love? See, honestly, now I, I'm kind of. Walking on eggshells when I say this because <laughs> I, I feel like I, I got this really wrong the first time. So I really thought Josh Allen was going to be a bust. Okay. And he, he had a lot of the same issues that Jordan Love had in, in college. He really didn't complete passes at a high rate. He kind of turned it over here and there. Just had a lot of big question marks, had a big arm. The two really had a comparable game in college. I just didn't think Allen would ever develop. Obviously, I was wrong. Jordan Love, I was never high on. I thought very much the same. I, I thought the Packers were crazy for spending a first-round pick, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers. If you're going to get a guy to sit underneath Aaron Rodgers, it wouldn't have been Jordan Love. That would not have been my choice. But 
I just don't know if he's ever going to become a full-time starter in this league. He may he may be a guy that gets a chance somewhere to be like a bridge, and maybe that's kind of how it happens. He ends up being maybe like a Tyrod Taylor or something. But, man, I, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do with him um, because I don't think that the price is going to be what they want. I mean, obviously, they know they're not going to get a first-round pick in return for him, but I think they, they would like to get a couple of picks back in terms of maybe a day three picks. And I just don't know if anybody's going to be willing to pay that because they have never seen this kid really play extended time except for maybe one or two games. So I, he, he's obviously going to be traded, I believe. And maybe maybe this will help Green Bay eat a little or save a little bit of cap space. I don't really know how much his contract is worth. Obviously, it's on a rookie deal. He's still on a rookie deal, so it's not going to cost him too much. But if if I'm Scott Fitter, I'm staying the hell away. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll we'll keep an eye on this because this is a, kind of a um, fluid situation. I would imagine that Jordan Love is not going to stick around, nor would the Packers need him to stick around at this point. They can find a serviceable backup uh, someplace else. And Jordan Love, being a first round draft pick, uh, should be eligible for an ex- uh, a fifth year extension at this point. I don't believe that they ever extended him, uh, which would have probably made uh Aaron Rodgers even angrier <laughs> if, uh, if they had. How disappointing will these next four years be if Green Bay does not win a Super Bowl? And that's that's another thing too. And that might be a topic for another day, but I, I don't really ever consider Green Bay like a, a strong title contender because they always come up short. Like either they run across San Francisco, which happens to be the weakness of Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs for some reason, or they just they'll have the number one team and then they, they lose early, like they'll lose early at Lambeau, like when they worked all year to get the home field advantage and then they lose like the first playoff game that they play. It's really strange. Uh, I'm looking at Jordan Love's contract now. He signed a four year, $12.3 million contract in 2020. Um, that ends in 2023. He'll be 25 years old. Um, they can extend him a fifth year option because he was a first round pick in 2024 if they choose to if not which i would assume they're not going to and they have not extended that to him um he'll be a free agent after next year so it really if you trade for jordan love you're trading for one year of his service and not guaranteed of anything else after the fact and you don't really know what you're getting um you know trade mom because he hasn't really played i think he's only played like one game or something like that uh in his career if i go look at his stats he played at utah state uh, 26th overall pick in 2020. Um, it's gonna happen. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna kick the tires on Jordan. At, at this point, any any quarterback that's available, somewhat available, halfway available, is gonna be mentioned to the Panthers. I mean, I that's so. the reality that we live in right now. <laughs> Man, so let's uh let's actually move over into some Panther uh, news and notes. Actually, there was one more thing I wanted to touch on. That was Calvin Ridley, since he's in the NFC South. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Uh, if you hadn't heard, has been suspended for the entire 2022 season at least, at minimum, uh, due to gambling. Uh, apparently, if you remember, Calvin Ridley uh, kind of checked out this season. I think they said it was a, a mental issue or something to that effect. Um, and basically, didn't return, if I'm mistaken. He checked about middle of the year, didn't come back. And it's basically, it's saying here that during that time when Ridley was away from the Falcons, that he uh, started, he he was gambling on, he was gambling parlays on his phone. Um, 
I'm trying to figure out exactly. You can't bet on games in the sport you play. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much what it comes down to. He wasn't betting on his own team or anything like that, but uh, this is like Pete Rose all over again, basically, but really doesn't seem to think it's a big deal. Uh, do you think he he got too much for uh, for doing this? Because so far, there's no end in sight. It just says he's suspended for 2022. Um, if maybe ever, he may never be able to return. Do you think that uh, this was too harsh of a punishment? Absolutely. I mean, I, I've got a weird kind of take on all of this stuff because, first of all, the NFL, they sit here and promote gambling and, and betting all the time. Like, they have partnerships with, what is it, BetMGM and Caesar, mm-hmm. I believe. Like, they've got all these types of deals. So, in one breath, they're, they're saying it's okay to do it. And in another breath, they're saying it's not okay, which I, I get to a certain extent. You don't want the integrity of the game to be compromised. But even back to the Pete Rose things, like, Pete Rose should not be banned from being inducted into the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Like, right. that. Just that's ridiculous. That had nothing to do with him hitting a baseball. He never shaved, well, not shaved points in, in baseball, but you get what I'm saying. He, he wasn't never on the Reds or right. you know, like that, for, as far as we know. Yeah. For for Calvin Ridley, there was, I guess, one of the parlays he did bet on the Falcons. Now, here's my, here's my, my, my take. If you're betting on the team that you play for, I don't see how that's a problem because no matter what, if you bet on the team that you play for, you're still going to be trying as just as hard to, to win the game as you would if you didn't bet on. But if you bet against your team, that's where I think lies the gray area because that's where point shaving can come in. I don't think that necessarily it should be an exclusive ban to you. You can't bet on sports that the sport that you play, but I would say, yeah, it, even, even in the game that you do bet, that if you like say for Calvin Ridley, if he bets the Falcons, I, I maybe that just should just go away. But if but they should be allowed to bet other games. Like to me, that doesn't make any sense. Like I just I, I don't get it. I, for him to get a year is way too much. I mean, how many of these guys in the league over the last 10, 15 years got a slap on the wrist for domestic violence? Yeah, for all these other things, and he's yeah. getting a year. It seems like the NFL is always like this, like the uneven push all over the map. Yeah, it's like there's no like uh, there's no other league like it really. Where in the NBA or in Major League Baseball, the punishments are pretty clear, you know, for things that you're doing. With, with football, it seems like a person to person, like a case by case basis of whatever it is. And this does kind of feel like a, uh, a knee jerk reaction by the NFL. Um, we actually never saw Calvin Ridley against the Panthers. He was supposed to play. Uh, against them in October, but he had already stepped away from the team. It was actually during the Panthers game against Atlanta, October 31st, uh, that really announced during the fourth quarter he was stepping away from the team indefinitely to work on his mental health. The Falcons supported him uh, through the second half of the season, didn't really say much about him, put him on the non-football injury list November 5th, and then later that month in November, uh, Ridley's betting spree covered five days in the month, included parlays in which he included the Falcons to win. Um, and then, of course, yesterday the NFL announced the suspicion after they had been investigating Ridley for potentially gambling on games. I get it that they don't want their players involved, but to your point, they're in bed with DraftKings and uh, Caesars Palace and all these other places now, and they're starting to do stuff where you're going to be able to bet on stuff in the stadium, if I'm not mistaken. They'll have a little devices yeah. where you can make uh, little parlay bets and who wins the kickoff or who wins the tip-off and or, or the coin toss and all that kind of thing. So it's invading the the. It's going to be hard for them to keep players off of this. 
because you know players are, are gambling on stuff already. So it's going to be hard for them to keep them away from the things that they're bringing into the game voluntarily. So they moved uh, the team to Vegas for crying out loud. Yeah, there's a team in Las Vegas, the, the Raiders, <laughs> the worst team to put in Las Vegas. Uh, a bunch of thugs. They're in Las Vegas right now. With, uh, and now they want to slap the wrist. Well, it's not even a slap on the wrist. They want to take the whole wrist off of Calvin yeah. Ridley. So um, we'll see what they do uh, with that. Let's actually hit some Panther news um, as you're with us here on the Believe in Carolina Panthers uh, podcast. Um, starting off this week, uh, there was some contract restructuring that happened that uh, we need to get into. Uh, two guys that uh, had their uh, contracts restructured, huge uh, deals. Right tackle Taylor Moten, linebacker Shaq Thompson. Uh, both of them had their deals uh, moved around a little bit, freed up some money. Uh, $11 million freed off of Taylor Moten's contract, $5 million off of Shaq Thompson. The Panthers right now currently sit right around $30 million in available cap money. What does that mean, uh, Skyler, in terms of uh, free agents that are out there, including their own, uh, who do you think is the number one uh, priority for the Panthers to bring back uh, that's going to be a free agent? I think it's a song Reddick, but unfortunately, everything that I hear, it's it's very, very unlikely that he returns, and it's probably unlikely Stephon Gilmore returns. So it's kind of like a doomsday scenario if Reddick and Gilmore don't come back because you're going to see Panthers' Twitter in a, in a blaze of fire because of it. But mm-hmm. – I just, I, I mean, you got to think about these two, these two guys individually. Stephon Gilmore, in his early 30s, still probably wants to to get another chance at winning another Super Bowl, and that's probably not going to happen in Carolina. Number one, number two, he's probably going to be a little bit on the pricier end for his age and for the depth that they already have at corner with J.C. Horn, Keith Taylor. Uh, you know, C.J. Henderson, A.J. Boye was still there. So they could, they still have a veteran around with Boye. I just don't think that he's necessarily going to be asking what the Panthers would hope that he would ask for. In terms of Hassan Reddick, I mean, this is a dude that's coming on back-to-back 11-and-a-half and 12-sack seasons. So he's going to be wanting a lot of money, and the Panthers don't have a lot of money. Even though they did make some some moves with those restructured deals – it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to bring Hassan Reddick back. He's going to get, again, a very big contract. And for for what these moves do, I think, really, is to, I guess, make the most cap space available to them so that way they can address as many of those needs in free agency as they can. That way, when they get to the draft, it doesn't have to be draft based on need. And that's kind of what Scott Federer did with free agency last year. They yes, they they signed some bad free agents with with uh, or, or yeah Cameron Irving and Pat Offline, but Sam Darnold. Well, they also yeah, <laughs> well, here, but, yeah. But, but they also signed Hassan Reddick. They they signed AJ Boye. They signed Frankie Louvu. So they they made some moves. But I, that's that's kind of where I'm getting at is I think they're they're trying to make enough money available to where they can spread that out. Try to address the offensive line. Maybe get a safety, a linebacker. And then, heck, maybe even a receiver, and that way they can go to the draft, and they don't have to draft based on need, especially since they only have one pick in the first three rounds as of right now. Yeah, and I'm assuming that's gonna. I'm assuming Scott Furrier is gonna do something to change that. I can't imagine the Panthers sitting just standing pat and not moving back into the second round at all. 
uh, for anything. Uh, having said that, I don't know what they'd have to give up to get up into the second round again. So, um, echoing what you were saying, I, between Stefan Gilmore and Dante Jackson, the more I sit back and think about it, I probably want to keep Dante. Uh, he'd probably be the cheaper option. Uh, he's the younger option. And he was on the verge of a career year before he got hurt uh, last year. I like the idea of having him and uh, J.C. Horn and um, uh, C.J. Henderson as your three main corner uh, guys. And maybe Henderson plays the nickelback or or maybe Jackson does because he played a lot of that last year. There's too many cornerbacks in the room, so somebody's got to go. Gilmore can probably get more money on the open market with a contender. So I would imagine he's not coming back. Uh, Hassan Reddick, I'd love for him to come back. I still don't know how much it's going to cost to bring him back. He's had two fantastic seasons uh, with two different teams, and this thirty million that's free—that's not enough. <laughs> that's not enough no. to keep him here. So uh, it's really not enough for any of the uh, main huge free agents that are out there. They still got some moving around to do. Uh, the only movement that's really left: Sam Darnold is guaranteed eighteen million, guaranteed uh, twenty twenty-two, regardless if he's the starter or doesn't see the field whatsoever. I don't think you can restructure a deal on its final year, right? Like, I don't think there's no. No, you got to extend him or something. And that was as long if it's guaranteed money, I don't believe it can be re- redone. If it's, if it's the part of the contract that is not guaranteed, I think that can still be moved around. But I think it's also because it's a fifth year option that is locked in as guaranteed money. Yeah. So. That just, just imagine it had the Panthers decided not to give them that, that fifth year option. They'd have, Close to fifty million dollars right now, and would be able to. That's a lot of money to work, and wouldn't have to worry about. I mean, they'd be basically starting fresh at the quarterback position. And you know what? It didn't make sense when they did it. Like there wasn't. It wasn't like people were beating down doors for Sam Darnold. Like he, even if he'd had a good year in Carolina, I don't think that uh, he would have just immediately been like out the front door. If anything, he would have been more prone to stay here and continue on what he was building here. Uh, as a 25-year-old. So they just kind of jumped the gun. They jumped the gun on that. Um, and you're right, it's come back to haunt them now. The only money they really have left that they can cut, Christian McCaffrey is going to be owed $14 million this year as his extension finally kicks in. That jumps to $17 million over the next two seasons. Um, I'm forget- And Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson had just signed an extension year- last year, and he's due $16 million. Uh, and he may be the one that uh, they decide to do something with here. I don't, I don't know if he'll take a restructure, but uh, that, t- that takes us over to our next uh, part of the podcast, and that's contract restructuring and trade rumors. Um, we mentioned Taylor Moten. We mentioned Shaq Thompson. Uh, there's been some rumors this week about uh, particular Panthers being attached to other teams. Uh, let's start off with Robbie Anderson. This uh, kind of came out of nowhere uh, at the beginning of the week, and I saw that you had wrote about it, that uh, Robbie's getting attached to – um, different places, and most recently I saw he was getting attached to the uh, the Patriots. Uh, he signed a thirty seven point five million dollar extension as a three year deal back in twenty twenty one. Um, actually, no, I'm reading that wrong. No, no, no. Well, I've got two different numbers here for the same thing. Uh, one says thirty seven point five million over three years. One says two years, twenty nine point five million. And I'm not sure. Which one is right? Uh, they're both dated August 24th, 2021. It should be uh, the two, I believe. I think it's two. Yeah, okay. So two-year, $29.5 million. $20 million of that's guaranteed. Um, run through this season. He is expendable because of Terrence Marshall Jr. being drafted last year and didn't really have enough snaps to get him on the field. Um, 
let's talk about uh Robbie Anderson here. Is this is this a way to go to free up some cash here? Um, or would you want to keep Robbie? It could be. The only problem is you've got to be able to find somebody, whether it be free agency, the draft, that can come in and give you that presence as a number two receiver. Obviously, Robbie didn't have a good 2021, but he, we know he's capable. So it, it's tough. Um, I I didn't like the idea of extending him, to be honest with you. I would have let him finish out that first two-year contract because – First of all, to extend a guy off of just one season, I'm not a big fan of. I'm a guy that likes to see at least two years in a row of something concrete to, to be able to, to move forward with paying a guy a lot of money. Second of all, you're changing quarterbacks. And we saw that was a big, big problem for Robbie Anderson. We know he had history with Sam Darnold, but that didn't translate to Carolina. Right. And Teddy Bridgewater were on, were on the same page. And really, Robbie should be thanking Teddy for that payday. Yeah, okay, really, yeah. And now, I mean, he does, He just looks like a completely different receiver. So I, I, I was a little concerned about that at the time. I was concerned with the Sam Darnold 50-year option. This team just has a, a propensity to, to just jump the gun, like you said, on these, these options and, and extending guys. Like, I just – I don't understand some of these moves. But – at the end of the day, I think it would probably best serve Carolina to hold on to Robbie for right now, unless the ask, unless what you're getting in return is just overwhelming, which I don't know how overwhelming you're going to get. But I, I, I just wouldn't I want just, an offensive lineman. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if, if they want to throw, I don't know what they would have that they could throw in. But yeah, if they want to throw an offensive lineman, or or a, do you do it if they offer a second? Oh, absolutely. Because I think I think at the at the best, I think honestly the best that any team will offer in terms of just a single draft pick is probably going to be maybe a fourth rounder. Mm-hmm. So if I mean if someone said you want a second, I, I mean I think they would be all over it. But, Run into the phone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or I would I would take a player like straight up. Like again, I would trade an offensive lineman. Uh, for Robbie today, yesterday. I'm like, all right, go, go. Because <laughs> uh, according to Robbie Anderson, um, Bill Belichick tried to sign him in 2020 when he was a free agent. Uh, according to him, he said last year when he was in free agency, uh, they tried to get him to sign there. Belichick said he was tired of scheming against him. He's tired of going against him. Uh, it came down to Carolina, New England, and a couple of other teams. But, uh, you know, business decision, unquote, is what Robbie said which basically sounds like uh, Panthers just offered him the most money. Um, <laughs> the uh, the Panthers and Patriots have discussed a deal centering around this. He's only been in the league six years, uh, the six-year receiver. Uh, New England looking to move on from Nelson Aguilar that they signed last spring if they can uh, complete the trade. If they if they traded away Anderson, um, if it happens before June 1st, the Panthers would save a little over $9 million in cap space with Anderson accounting for $7.6 million in dead cap. If it goes past June 1st, those numbers would shift to $13 million in cap space saved and $3.8 million, respectively. So it actually does the Panthers better to wait till after June 1st to trade him, if I'm reading this correctly. Uh, that would open up $13 million in cap room. That puts them up around $43 million uh, total that they would have. Uh, but again, if you wait until after June 1st, you may not have the same field of free agents to select from at that point if i'm not mistaken plus the draft would have been over by then as well 
Uh, Anderson's coming off the worst season of his career. He only had 53 uh, catches for 519 yards last year and five touchdowns. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. As you know, we will hear on the Believe in Panthers podcast. Uh, the final thing for today, uh, of course, is the biggest news that's popped out from the Panthers camp this week. The Panthers have received multiple calls for running back Christian McCaffrey. Um, we've talked about this off and on. Would we trade Christian McCaffrey? We kind of change our opinion week to week, but uh, they haven't. Se- they have indeed received a few inquiries into McCaffrey this off season. Uh, he isn't on the trading block, according to Jonathan Jones. Um, however, the team has fielded more than one call for the former All Pro back, who's dealt with several injuries since signing his record-breaking extension in 2020. Um, He's only 25 years old, but he's missed 23 of the team's past 33 games in the past two seasons. Uh, I don't think that they'd be willing to let him go without a considerable package um, coming back to them. What are your thoughts here on this? Is this smoke or is it potential fire that, uh, well, it doesn't say the Panthers are shopping him. It just says they're getting a bunch of calls. So what do you think is the likelihood Christian McCaffrey's in a Panther uniform uh, week one of 2022? I'd say fairly likely. I mean, this has kind of been the, the really the talk since early January. You know, Scott Fitter came out and, and said kind of a lot of the things that were in that report. Um, here's a quote right here that I that I pulled this morning that from Fitter. He said that it doesn't mean that we're shopping shopping you. This is him talking to Christian after a sit down. He said, he said, I'll listen. I, I look at Christian as a foundational piece of this team, one of those building blocks. We're a better team when he's on the field. He's one of the elite players in the NFL. I would love to have him here, but I would never not take a call. If somebody calls and offers something crazy, yeah, you look at it, but there is no intentions of trading Christian McCaffrey. So I still think that holds true, and I think that quote may have kind of got some of the other front offices kind of raising their eyebrows a little bit and saying, okay, what do you consider overwhelming offer? So I think when they got to the combine, they were all together, they're talking, that probably was the starter of some of that stuff, but – I, I just don't think it makes any sense for the Panthers to move off of him because he is the, the lifeblood of this offense. Let's just be honest with it. Especially when if, if Robbie Anderson doesn't get back to his 2020 form, they're going to need Christian McCaffrey in a whole lot of ways. And to trade away not only your identity of the offense, but your best weapon in a year that the head coach is going into – where he's going to be on the hot seat. I don't think he's going to sign sign off on that or anybody's going to sign off on that. So for for anyone to trade for McCaffrey, like they said, it's going to be have, to have to be overwhelming. I know the report said a first-round pick and, a, and another piece. I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if they want two first-round picks. And I get that trading two first-round picks is a lot for the, the position that he plays, even one first-round pick. But again, this is what they mean by overwhelming. So if you're not going to give two first-round picks, then it's got to be a first-round pick and a, and a player that's been in the league that's established and is going to be someone of value to the Carolina Panthers. So I just I don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't see it happening, especially when that other team doesn't know exactly what version of McCaffrey they're getting. Uh, it'd be different if he played all last year and exactly. all of a sudden they're asking around for him. Uh, but at that point, the Panthers would be laughing, hanging up the phone without even – listening to the offers uh they're only listening to the offers because of his availability not being available the past two years um 
he uh, it says if a team wishes to add McCaffrey, they're told the Panthers will be looking for a first round pick plus another piece of compensation in order to ship one of the most versatile offensive weapons in the NFL today, according to Jonathan Jones uh, from CBS Sports. I, I'm, first of all, I'm curious as to who's calling. Um, yeah. I saw that Buffalo have been sniffing around, uh, which is downright frightening because, of course, that would be next year would be the year when McCaffrey comes back. He's fully healthy. Now, all of a sudden, he's in uh, Carol. He's in Carolina North with Josh Allen, a, a top three quarterback in the league, uh, a, a good wide receiving core, good offensive line. The only thing they needed was a running back like they've got a top defense. They're like right there on the precipice of the Super Bowl. And they somehow pull off a deal to get Christian McCaffrey. That would probably seal the fate of Matt Rule, I think, like because they're, the Bills would win. The Bills would win the Super Bowl if they somehow got Christian McCaffrey and he's healthy throughout the whole season. I can't see anybody in the AFC uh, messing with that. That just seems like too much. So I could see Buffalo kicking the tires. Now, would they be willing to give up, like you said, Skylar, like two ones for a non-quarterback? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to say that they wouldn't. I wouldn't. But with they being right there, they just saw the Rams go all in and it paid off. Maybe. Plus, you another thing too people don't consider uh when it comes to giving up first round picks the bills consider they're going to be picking at the end of the first round like exactly. that's how they look at it so it's like a high second to them it's not like a top 10 pick that they're trading off uh to carolina if that in fact happens so if you expect to be good over the next two or three years those first round picks don't necessarily mean as much to you as you would think uh, they don't mean anything to a team like the Rams. The Rams, they don't have a pick, I believe, until like 2026, 2027, yeah. something crazy like that. They just kind of gave them all away, but they brought in talent that won them a Super Bowl. So uh, the process worked. Uh, I could see Buffalo seeing that and wanting to be the AFC version of that, but uh, I don't think the Panthers will come across a deal big enough to make them move Christian McCaffrey because if you move him, who's the face of the franchise at that point? Like, how, who do you sell tickets with? You know, like, you got to think about all that, too. I don't think David Tepper would allow this to happen. Like, no. I think he would just step in and be like, nah, we ain't doing that. <laughs> and also, I think it, it kind of just – it turns the whole narrative on what, what the Panthers are doing because are you trying to really rebuild or are you trying to build? I think if you're rebuilding, you trade McCaffrey, you get picks, yada, yada, yada. But if you if you keep McCaffrey in the fold, it shows okay we're, we're going to trust in him that he's going to take care of his body. He's going to stay healthy. The last two years are just kind of a fluke, and he's going to be back to the Christian McCaffrey we all know, who doesn't miss games. If if McCaffrey comes back, he's strong. He stays on the field. The defense is now a year older, which is very young still, and and is still. And if they come back and play well, even without Hassan Reddick and St- Stephon Gilmore. And you find an offensive line, you find a quarterback. Now you're working towards something. And I'm not saying that you can't work towards something without Christian McCaffrey, because let's be honest, the, the running back position is not as valuable as other positions. But Christian McCaffrey is a valuable running back. He's he's a different type of running back. I just think you're you're you'd be taking step backwards more than you would be going taking steps forward. I agree. I agree. And again, Christian McCaffrey's 25. Let's. Uh... Let's slow down on him being damaged goods and all this other stuff. When he was a top three player in the league just two years ago, and he's just had a bunch of injuries. Let's just see what happens. Let's see what they plan to do with him offensively this year. I know they've talked a lot more about putting him in slot. 
but of course Matt Rule just kind of poo-pooed on that whole thing last week and said that he's a football player and I'm a, you know that'd be an insult to to put him there and I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> like we want him on the field so he's already playing slot wide receiver for the most part he's just running out of the backfield instead of lining up in the slot so we'll see I, it's all up in the air we'll see but that's gonna um that's gonna end this week's episode of the Believe in Panthers podcast again uh, to get the latest on all of this, because there's a lot of stuff that's going to be circling around personnel with Carolina over the next couple of weeks, and you want to get the latest info on that, follow Skyler, beat writer for the Panthers and the Charlotte Hornets for Sports Illustrated. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Callahan underscore. You can follow me at Tobacco Radio or at D-E-Z underscore 3505. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.